It has never been easier to start a new business that reaches millions of customers. And now people are creating amazing startups outside of Silicon Valley. But starting a company doesn't equal success. In this podcast, we dive into how founders across the southeastern United States are succeeding, why they fail, and everything in between. Welcome to Startup Pivot Scale. So there I was, standing in the small green room with 35 other startups. A nervous energy was in the room. It's a nervous energy that's just constantly building. I've been up all night prepping for this moment. My co-founder has also worked insanely hard so we can be at this moment, and I don't want to let him down. My name is called. I'm on deck. Time is standing still and flying by at the same time. Then it's my turn. As I walk to the stage, I'm handed a mic, and I walk out onto the stage in front of a couple thousand people. The room is quiet. They are all there to hear my pitch. I have a chance to win $50,000 for my startup. This experience is so surreal and amazing, it almost didn't matter that we didn't win. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Startup Pivot Scale. In this podcast, you'll be able to hear all sorts of cool startup stories and advice by entrepreneurs who have not quite yet made it, but are well on their way. I'm Arnab Chakraborty, Chief Technology Officer and co-founder of Flow MedTech. I'm Edwin Williams, founder of Zenhammer. And I'm David Nelson, co-founder of Brewfund. And we are entrepreneurs in the Northeast Tennessee region who have started companies and industries from medical devices to software with almost 30 years of combined experience. So what is the best part about being an entrepreneur? Oh, all the money and time in the world, right? Yeah. You guys just feel like you have time and yeah, just hit it, hit it big already. <laughs> yep. Hanging out with celebrities, driving fast cars. Skydiving from the edge of space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clearly that's not true, but no, let's, no. let's think about that. Yeah. One of the best parts is being an entrepreneur has allowed me to do things that I would have been able to do otherwise. Like I'm a very big part of the community. Some of the things I've done, like travel wise, even though it might've been for business, the uh, fun I've had with it, like for instance, microconf love going to that conference things like that I would not have done without being an entrepreneur and that ability to have that access and that where you can walk into a room and be like, Hey, I'm such and such founder of this company. And people are like, Oh, cool. Here, have a seat at the table. I think it's been quite an amazing experience. I, I like that a lot. I think the people you meet is such a cool experience I mean, yeah. when, when else do you get to meet other founders or people that have been successful investors and other startups? I mean, to me, it's always the other startups that I remember the most and the stories that have come from them. That's the best part of being in entrepreneurship to me too. Yeah. It's a little bit of an overwhelming question. And for me, just cause I love so much about it, you know, um, meeting people like you guys are talking about with different backgrounds, different stories to tell different visions. I mean, that's, that's been pretty amazing. There's also just like the um, self-growth part about it. You know, being an entrepreneur, uh, I was I studied biomedical engineering in school. And so there was a lot of things to learn when forming your own company and meeting with mentors and advisors and learning all these different things has been pretty amazing. You know, I found out a lot of things about myself 
that's been pretty cool. You know, I've had the opportunity to work on different projects, work with different organizations from different industries. I mean, learning from you both about like everything you guys do, that's, I mean, it's awesome just being able to be a part of so much while, you know, still focusing on what you started out doing. I think it's going to sound ridiculous, but I think one of the things I really do enjoy about it is it seems like every day, or if not at least every week, I figure out and I'm reminded about how much I don't know and how much I, there is still to learn. It's one of those things where you, I mean, I've been doing this for, man, a really long time since 2006, 2007-ish. And I look back and you think after all this time, all the people you meet starting five companies, you would kind of have all that you would think you would have it all figured out. But I think the longer you do it, the more you realize you don't know anything at all. And that's kind of the fun part of it all. It's a lesson in lifetime learning. Like, you know, nothing, John Snow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I also really just like the kinship, you know, that you have being an entrepreneur and when you meet with other entrepreneurs and this like, I guess we always come together as this little support group for one another. And I feel like you can't really relate to a, a lot of people except entrepreneurs. You know, it's been pretty awesome just having that experience. Yeah. One of the funny things about that experience is I, I think it's a trait among a lot of entrepreneurs, those of us in tech, nobody says how much you're worth in these groups. So you could be like dead broke giving advice to a guy who's making 2 million a year on something that you see that you could help them with. And you would never know it until like a year later and guys like, Hey, by the way, you know, such and such. And you're like, Oh, really? I gave him advice or vice versa. And I think that's so cool about the entrepreneur scene is that there isn't a, an ego thing in the sense of everybody who likes to help everybody else, regardless of their position in their company, where their company is, and in life. But just, you know, to be clear, there are plenty of egos in the... There are. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was like, I don't know if I necessarily sure we'll agree with that ego. part. <laughs> but, but Maybe I've had a good experience so far. <laughs> I think that's what's amazing about startups is that you're, you are right, Edwin, that no one's really out there to... I mean, not no one. Very few are out there to sabotage another person or to act like, oh you know, that I'm not going to help you because you're doing something different. Like, that just doesn't happen. And you look at the history of how many entrepreneurs actually steal each other's ideas. It almost never really happens. And that's because we are so egotistical that you might tell me the greatest idea in the world, but I think mine's better. So why would I work on yours? I've got my idea. Like it's, I'm not worried at all about you guys stealing anything. That <laughs> just doesn't happen because clearly my ego says I have the best idea. I think that's the better way to phrase it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be the billionaire. <laughs> exactly. I, I always joke. I'll never, I will never be a billionaire. I will sell out way too fast. <laughs> I, I've seen people that have become billionaires and I just, yeah. You know, when Steve Jobs comes to me someday, which clearly he will never do that. Not, not because I will never do that well, obviously, but <laughs> if somebody came to me and said, I'm going to offer, you know, a hundred million dollars for your business. I, I can't even imagine being like, uh, let me think about that. Like, oh, done. Sold. Sold. I'm done. Sold. I'll do another business. <laughs> right. Let's hope I uh, get to that far. <laughs> I also think like, I mean, I don't even know if it's ego. It's just like when you're, um, when you're working on something, you're just so passionate about what you're doing. And as an entrepreneur, like you, I, I think you understand what it takes to get however far you've gotten. Right. And why would you want to take that 
like if you know how hard someone's worked on an idea, why would you want to take that away from them? You know, and, and then it's also like you have this other thing you're super passionate about and you kind of have this one track mind where it's like, I'm going to be doing what I'm passionate about. I mean, it's great. What he's doing is really cool. It's awesome. And I wish him the best, but I love what I'm doing for a reason and I'm doing what I'm doing for a reason. And so I'm just going to keep even, doing this. And there have been instances where and it's rare where people have stolen an idea. And most times I'd say the vast majority, the person who steals the idea because they don't have the vision of what it is, ends up getting beat by the original idea anyway in the tech space. Right. And even if you are talking to a competitor, which I've seen this happen to, two competitors, they'll talk to each other and eventually they'll either join forces or one buys, sells their company to the other and the other guy makes an exit. This idea of hiding your idea, it's like, oh, I can't tell anyone my idea. You have to sign an NDA. It's really not a big thing. And that type of camaraderie, competitive competition. And at times knowing that, Hey, if I do well enough, even if my competitor beats me, he's going to buy me out. I'm just going to take the cash and go um, and do something else. It's like, in a way it's freeing. You're not always, you're not worried about the guy that, that you meet, who's also an entrepreneur stabbing you in the back per, as per se, like you would in a corporate job. It's more of a, Hey, all right, let's see who does better. And whoever wins buys the other one out if that's like the worst case scenario. So. I really like talking to competitors if you can get them to talk to you. I mean, there's <clears throat> occasionally you'll meet people that don't want to respond or, you know, they'll say something you know weird or stupid to you. But for the most part, when we've done things, we've reached out to companies that are either at some point we may become competitors or we're doing something, you know, just in the selling realm where we're just direct competitors. And it's actually interesting uh, when you get together. I go back to when, it, when I was at Purdue they had the Purdue Research Foundation and what eventually became the Foundry. There were nine of us and we were all doing kind of software consulting based businesses. And we would meet for lunch once a month and we'd meet off campus at this, you know, big facility, had these amazing conference rooms, meeting rooms at the Purdue Research Foundation. And we would share ideas and we would talk about how, what, what's worked for us, what hasn't. And it was interesting how that led to a contract would come up and we would, if we couldn't do it in time, we would get a little kickback or something for handing it to our friends, but we'd hand it to them and they'd do the contract and get the client, but we were going to lose the client anyway. It was better to keep connected because then that ecosystem kind of went back and forth. And you, you just don't see that in a lot of business world type things. You don't see competitors working together very often, uh, but in the entrepreneurship space, there's just so much room for us to do things or work together, collaborate. And then eventually, like you said, Edwin, it, you do see those mergers and things happen and it's just a, it's just a cool space. You know, at the end of the day, when I think back to the journey I've been on from when I just kind of fell into this to now, the time spent to it has just been, you know, it had its ups and downs, a lot of downs, like we talked about last time, but it, it's had so many really good ups. And so that kind of brought me to a question for both of you guys. Let's start with Arnab. What is, when you think back to the journey you've been on, what is one or two of the best moments to stand out above all else? I guess like one of the first things, and this is just because like I love traveling and stuff, but I had this opportunity to conduct international market research where I was able to go to Europe, go to South Asia, uh, meet with businessmen, meet with doctors. I met with the Minister of Health in Bangladesh. I mean, that was like such a cool experience for me just because I could learn and explore those cultures. And I was also 
it was like a firsthand experience of how business can be done differently or is thought of differently in these different areas, you know? And so it was awesome being there. I, I was in Switzerland. Um, I had meetings and meetings in the Swiss Alps. I mean, that was pretty awesome. I was in Malaysia getting out in India. I was like chauffeured around Hyderabad and introduced to a lot of the culture there. I mean, it, that was like, this was all within like a two month period or something. And I'm super grateful for that opportunity just because not a lot of people get that. And, but I also learned a lot from it too. So that that's been something I'll always remember. And then another thing is just like working with our team, being like some of these advisors and mentors and partners that we have that have like decades of experience doing this. I remember some of my favorite times were just having brainstorming sessions where it's just like, you know, I'd sit there and ask a million different questions. And it's almost like there was an answer to everything. And it was just like, wow, I feel like I'm just like, there's like this endless amount of knowledge that I'm tapping into. And it's like anything I ever wanted to know, I could learn during these sessions. And it was just so fun to, you know, be a part of something like that. And so I don't know, those are like, those are really cool days for me. Yeah, those are really cool. Edwin, what, what are some of your favorite moments? Uh I'd say the one that sticks out the most, it's like your prototypical entrepreneur experience in the sense of when I pitched at Atlanta Tech Village um, graduation, not just at a moment, but like that morning, the pitch, the after party and everything that went on, ended up at Waffle House at 2 a.m. That whole experience is like when you watch like Silicon Valley or uh, any other startup shows and they have like those high energy events that just go on and on and on. That was a lot of fun. It was high stress, high intensity, high, a lot of fun. And I like that type of interaction. Uh, the other, the like the for me, the conferences. And then I guess another fun one was actually seeing someone download the app and use it in a real life test case. Uh, because it's a it's an exciting and a scary moment because like you're like yes somebody's using the app oh no like, somebody's using that shit somebody's using the app <laughs> yeah <laughs> very true very true yeah and uh, it's it's one of those things where it's like the, those have been like the good experiences. Um, Maybe I'll have that type of exact same feeling if we get funding. Who knows? It's like, yes, I got funded. No, I got funded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure that ticking time clock starts, right? I, yeah. <laughs> I, th those are good examples. I, I think about the times that I've been on big stages and pitched and, you know, there's that nervous excitement that builds and he just, you know, it's just, those are crazy times. And then afterwards, the, the getting together, the after parties, and while well, that stuff's fun, and when I say after party, I typically do not mean like we're going crazy at an after party. It does not happen a whole lot. You have a bunch of entrepreneurs that want to get up early and work on a Saturday. But uh, you, when I really look back at what are the two moments that I really enjoyed, I may say three. One was you know, going into Captain Morgan's office in New York. We left on a Sunday because they wanted, you know, to them, it was like, oh, why don't you just jump on a plane? We'll, we'll sort out a couple ideas Monday morning. And we're like, yeah, absolutely. Sounds great. And to us, it's like, we can't just jump on a plane. We don't have a budget for that. And so we jumped in a car Sunday evening and drove from Indiana to downtown New York. And I remember driving in going, you know, traffic's not so bad here. This isn't so bad. And we paid $90 a day for parking. We got a crazy hotel right next to the UN building. And we went into that meeting on the like 
oh, I don't even know. It was like 73rd floor. I'm sure it wasn't that high, but it was, you know, with those crazy high floor and it was their crown royal, royal room. And we went in and we sat down when they let us into the conference room. We waited for the team to come in. I mean, there was probably 30 chairs in this room and everyone came in, walked right past us and sat at the very far end. And I still don't know if that was like their power move or if they were just going to the seats they normally go to. And I kind of looked at my business partner. We just like stood up and walked over and sat down next to them. And they looked kind of surprised at us. And <laughs> I just, I'll never forget that moment. It was just, just, when I look back, it was such a wild and crazy thing. But still to this day, two of the coolest things that have happened to me was sitting down with a guy that was in, in the investment world, looking at the Brew Fund app. And he sits there and looks at the app and says, wow, I, I just... I didn't know this was developed here. And I remember that being almost a, an insult and a compliment, right? Cause he's saying this looks like it was built in San Francisco or something like that. And that's a huge compliment. That's awesome. And that was something that I, I physically had a hand in building. Like I did the iOS uh, app development for that. And my you know, business partner did a lot of the design and it was a great feeling to see that. And I was kind of insulted because it's like, we're, yeah, we're in the Southeast, we're in Johnson city, but, I mean, come on, all you need is a laptop to be successful. And the only other story, and I'll uh, turn it over to you guys, is that my, I'll never forget my business partner and I were at a bar, cause, you know, Brew Fund, and we're sitting there, and Travis had his uh, Brew Fund t-shirt on. And I, I didn't. I was just dressed normally. And this uh, these people came up to him and said, oh, that's a cool shirt. Where do you get a shirt like that? And they said, oh, we can get you one at some point. And the person said, wait, wait, are, are you with Brew Fund? And he was like, yeah, I'm one of the founders. And they were like, no way, no way. That that's so cool. I didn't know, I didn't know the founders were here and they had they just like, it was like he was a celebrity and it was so awesome. cool to watch that. They had no idea that I was part of it at all. I was standing there and I remember just going, they, they go, Oh man, can we get your picture? And <laughs> wow. I remember him just being like, uh, what? Uh, okay. And kind of laughing at it. And I looked over and was like, Hey, I'll take the picture and I'll never forget taking the picture of these you know the, these few people with travis as if it was like the silicon valley you know crazy thing to us we're just trying to survive and build this up to being successful and people look at that and see that as this really cool like oh my gosh just the prodigies of brew fund you know it's just such a cool thing and i i'm not sure if it, i had been the person that was they were focused on I would have kind of been in the moment, I think. I don't think I could have appreciated it because I would have been in the mindset of like, these are potential customers. I got to be really happy. I got to be very good with them. We got to get them excited about it. And it was really cool being on the outside looking in at that moment. And I would never trade that for anything. It was just such a cool moment of just entrepreneurship as a whole. When else in your nine to five, are you ever going to be part or see something like that, right? No one's going to be like, oh man, you're David in accounting. Oh gosh. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Hey. You better be the world's best accountant for somebody to come out of the, out of a bar and be like, can I get my picture with you as an accountant? Nothing against accounting. It's not, yeah, don't it's not hate on David from accounting. Okay? He's <laughs> yeah. doing, he's doing what he can. <laughs> yeah, that, that also reminds me of a moment. My first time out to Silicon Valley as a rural tech entrepreneur, that was, it was like when I landed, <clears throat> then we went out to um, Palo Alto and, uh, it's really was everybody had their t-shirts on and I'm sitting there thinking, man, I should have brought on my t-shirts. <laughs> Cause I was walking around like, yeah, I'm a tech founder too, but nobody knows it. This is 
<laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of them probably weren't tech founders either, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I, I still remember when I was out there, I remember you could probably walk around either downtown San Francisco or actually in Silicon Valley, like Palo Alto, Mountain View, Sunnyvale, those areas. And you could just walk up to strangers and say, you know, do you have a startup? And I bet you 85% of the time, the answer would either be, oh yeah. And they'd pitch you because they, for some reason they think they should, or they would say, oh yeah, I'm working on, you know, it's, it's, it's in the works, I'm doing this. And, you know, it's just not quite ready yet to really go mainstream. It was such a different culture in that regard, right? We're around here. If I went up and say, you know, do you have a startup? They'd be a what? You know, or my car starts fine. You know, there, there just wouldn't be that natural, like everyone is doing it because it's the cool thing to do. Pitches but if you did run into somebody here and asked them that, they'd be like, yeah, I do you have one? <laughs> I want to talk to you. Let's, let's hang out. <laughs> I remember Pitches and Pints and we were putting that on the very first event. And oh, yeah. uh, oh, man. we were going around handing out flyers and Travis and I uh -huh. were in a parking lot outside of a club downtown. And they, they were using it as a food truck event day. And we were walking around talking to people like, hey, um, we're putting on a pitch event. People were like, baseball? We were like, no, it's like Shark Tank. Like sharks swimming in a tank? No. So then we realized we had to explain what <laughs> a pitch was before we handed out the tickets. And then people were like, oh, that's kind of cool. But yeah, it's totally different here. Oh yeah. And just think of the last, like going on five years now, how different that is. Now we only have to say, a pitch of it that's Shark Tank-like, and everybody gets it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure we could just say a pitch of it because again, probably John C. You know, Doughboys, or it would have been a you know, alignment. And, and I think we're really going to be confusing that soon. We're just announcing uh, pitches and pints this year is going to be pitchers and pitches, and the pitch competition is going to have you know six to eight people pitching from the, the pitcher's mound to the uh, home plate with a panel of judges. They'll all be spread out for you know, COVID safety, but that's going to really confuse people too, I think, but it's going to be a really cool event. Yeah, I think it will. But yeah, We're going to get a lot of people out there looking for baseball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was another good experience that I think we all share was our first pitches and pints. That was awesome. Yeah. We had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. We had no idea what would happen. I'll never forget Travis Woodall thought, we all thought that this wasn't, this was going to be a flop. And then all of a sudden we're like, scrambling to put out more tables and chairs as yeah, people just kept pouring in <laughs> i thought yeah. honestly if we had 25 or 30 people it would have been a huge success and when like mm -hmm. 125 showed up and they're scrambling to pull out more chairs i remember thinking oh man and i'll, I'll never forget the electricity electricity in that room just the i remember i walked up to the front of the stage and i, I didn't plan it but i just kind of felt it and just said and i didn't mean for this to happen i just said man you know the entrepreneurship is strong in Northeast Tennessee and the room just exploded in applause and cheers. And I remember thinking like, I, I didn't mean for that to happen, but that's cool. Like, that was really cool to hear that. <laughs> yeah. That was, I mean, that whole like meeting you guys and then planning that, that whole time period was so exciting for me just cause like growing up in that area, I had no idea about entrepreneurship or startups or anything like that. I mean, it wasn't really emphasized. And then I come back home, I move back home, and then I hear about other entrepreneurs. And then like the first couple entrepreneurs I meet, we're all talking about like getting this community together and even having this event out there. And then like, you know, being there, seeing all those people, like when we were expecting 20 people and then 120 something show up and people are pitching and 
having such a good time i mean that was that was a really cool experience that just yeah that that was awesome <laughs> i can't believe it's almost been five years that's i know it's awesome five. it's crazy isn't it? and it <laughs> we went back then i remember we had i think we had eight pitchers that time and a lot of them were people we already kind of knew or they had an idea for a while they were working on and it was just really really early stage it was like concept i've sort of drawn this out on a napkin level of companies and then you we go five years forward and we're getting ready to launch our first kind of boot camp program and looking at the companies we have applying and that are around in the area like we've indexed 66 startups now and all of these companies hold their own they're not like these disorganized early stage companies these guys are you know and and ladies uh, these people are actually building out really cool stuff and so i've seen that startup maturity grow that uh that passion and that vision for something bigger than just a local area in just five years time of and it's not all i'd love to say it's all us i do think we were a catalyst in kickstarting it again but once we got going and people saw the events and felt the room i think a lot of other people whether they didn't want to be left behind or they just wanted to get involved they doubled down and started helping and doing their part too in this uh, startup community and now yes. we're seeing all this great activity and i mean if we you know, five years from now, we're going to be in, you know, two or 300 active startups. I mean, that's mm -hmm. if, if it just continues the way it is. And that's without any extra support, in my opinion. And we're already seeing new support build. So we're, where we're headed as a Southeast entrepreneurship hub, I think is going to be a very, very, you know, interesting and special place. So you guys are dead on like just that first pitches and pints. It just kind of felt like the beginning of everything. And yeah, there were, there were things that happened before that were very valuable that helped us do what we did. I think some people remembered those events and this got people excited about it. So we're built on, you know, the shoulders of giants, but at the same time, this was, that was the moment that kind of really, I look back to and think really catalyzed. We should, we should make some future. retro shirts. Uh <laughs> yeah. Just like the original, like where were we sat yeah. there? Oh, that's a great story. <laughs> we were like, well, we need t-shirts. So we went out and bought white t-shirts and like mm -hmm. transfer paper and we printed it out. And I remember I spent like I had to buy all brand new ink just so we could print it out. <laughs> and then we sat there and ironed it on to the shirt. <laughs> I still have that shirt uh, somewhere. Me I too. Some... I like that shirt. <laughs> I we should get those made again next time we do pitches and pints. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. That'd be awesome. It was so retro. And remember, I just took like a picture of a pint of beer and just merged the text on it. But it was like the least creative logo that I've ever seen. But hey, it worked. There were people there, I think, at the event asking for those shirts. I'm pretty sure we could have sold those. But I think oh, yeah. they were a hit. Yeah, I think we should do that one again for sure. So what are you guys right. looking forward to in the future? I, I think there's so much to look forward to in the future. I mean, one of them is to see this ecosystem grow and have so many more interesting people working on startups here. I mean, it's fun hearing about those every day, but seeing what actually is going to be this next big success here is going to be fun. But I also am excited for the future of entrepreneurship because I look back at like Instagram when they got started, a lot of people don't remember that they crashed all the time and uh, the servers were down all the time. And there's some good stories on them where, you know, they had an alarm every time the server crash and they'd wake up at three in the morning and reset it. And I, I think it was like $6,000 or $9,000 to get another server set up. And they just refused to do that. They had like 250 or $500,000. It was 500,000 investment. And they refused to put 9,000 towards the new server that would have solved all their problems. And they finally do. And then everything kind of smooths out and they're, they're back in business, you know, focusing on growth uh, until they almost immediately get acquired. 
But I look at that story in today's world, like Brewfund, for example, if we had the exact same growth, I mean, we can just click a button and our virtual server and virtual instance just expands. Uh, we need a load balancer to, you know, balance the you know, workload of our servers and people connecting to it. Just one click. I mean, it's, it's not like there's this insane requirement that's, you know, 10, 20, $30,000 to run a product at scale. And when you think about that, the reality of being able to start any sort of technical startup anywhere in the world truly does become, you just need a laptop and can live anywhere with internet connection. And if, and since that's true and we're seeing the costs and of course COVID accelerated it, people are moving. It's not like a flood of people moving, leaving San Francisco, but there is now a new you know, movement away from that area. And they're looking at different places and saying, where can I live my best life while I try to do a business? And I think that's going to be the most exciting part of the future to me. And so I'm really excited to see where that goes. And I know for us, like FlowMedTech and stuff, I'm looking forward to some of these future partnerships that, you know, we'll have one day. And I'm looking forward to actually starting to build these, build the products and start testing them. And, you know, I mean, that's going to be such a surreal experience too, is seeing this device in physicians' hands and having them use it. And I can't wait for that day. I mean, that's going to be like, I don't know, that's going to be pretty incredible. I'm looking forward to that. And then meeting more cool and successful people, meeting new entrepreneurs, learning about other projects, you know, what people are doing, their stories and growing with the community, like you were talking about. I, I think that's going to be pretty fun. And it excites me to think about like what we all might be doing in the future. That's not what we're working on right now either, you know, like as we grow and expand and take on other projects and stuff like that. I mean, that's going to be pretty amazing to see. And like, you know, I think I'm, I'm glad and so thankful for all the support that we've gotten so far for Founders Forge, Pitches and Pints and stuff. But I think it's just, it's still the beginning, you know, I, I'm looking forward to a lot more support in the next few months, years, I think like month by month, I think community keeps buying into what we're doing and supporting us. And I can't wait to see where that ends up. Like you were talking about, it's going to be really cool. My cryptocurrency portfolio. No, I was kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> for me, what I'm looking forward to as an entrepreneur in the future, one Zenhammer, we're like where we are is probably a good position. Like I'm, I think 2021 will be a great year for us. And the things that we're building out, where we want to go long-term, um, I don't see really anybody else heading that very specific direction. And it'll, as we, and our ability to differentiate will happen this year. And we're, I'm very excited about that moment when we can finally say, hey, we're doing something else that nobody else is doing. And that'll be exciting when that does happen, when we get to that point. And for like longer term things in community, I enjoy seeing the growth uh, I told, I can't remember who I told someone here in the community that in 10 years, I want to see this region, the startup hub of Tennessee. That's, and that's something that I think can be done. We have low cost of living at this moment. I say at this moment, because who knows that could change in 10 years. And people here are very helpful with each other. Uh, we all help each other. It's a great community to be in. And I'm excited about that, seeing what it will be and being able to be a part of that going forward. In my in my personal life, I want to 
actually start another company in probably another five to 10 years, depending on what happens with Zenhammer. With more ideas I have been working on in the last two, uh, based on things that as entrepreneurs, we run into a problem and we're like, why hasn't anybody solved this? It's driving me nuts. All right, I'll do it. And it's like, crap, I'm already in a company. I got to finish this one first. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. And also getting my Austin Martin um, when I get enough money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it all starts with a dream, right? It does. I, yeah, I think it's worth mentioning. I was kind of thinking more the ecosystem when you said that after talking about pitches and pints. But I, I'm very curious to see how Brewfund plays out just because we're at this very pivotal point I mean, COVID was a big impact. Uh, we had a lot of, you know, things change and go around and we have some new ideas that are being, you know, pushed out very, very soon. And so it's either kind of feels like a make it or break it moment. But then again, I feel like it's always a make or break it moment every time you do something. But uh, yeah, it, it'll be very interesting to see if this continues, we were able to find, you know, start carving out future success going into the you know post COVID world. Or is this something that it's time to shutter and move on to bigger and better things? It's a, you know, I will never blame it on COVID, but it is one of those things. If it does, you know, fail, it, it was definitely worth every moment that you know, I spent into it. And so this is to me, the year that we're going to figure that out. That's scary and exciting. No more free beer for David if it fails. No, you need that. Free oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's funny when, yeah. when you do when you work on a app for the craft beer business. They're so excited to share their craft with you, and after a while, you, you just don't want free beer anymore. You almost want to pay for it just so. <laughs> and I'm not complaining yeah. about my free beer. It was wonderful. Um, my favorite free beer moment, which I just got to share, is that. I went to a meeting one time, very rarely do breweries want to meet in the morning. And this one guy was like, Hey, let's meet, you know, can you do eight 30 in the morning? I'm like, absolutely. I'll be there. And we get there and he can tell he's kind of dragging. He's like, you want some coffee? And I was like, yeah, I'd take a little bit of coffee. That'd be amazing. And he goes, okay. And he walks behind the bar and I remember thinking, huh, they keep a coffee pot under the bar. That's kind of cool. Weird. Awesome. And then he comes back with two half pints of their coffee stout. And we sit there at eight 30 in the morning <laughs> drinking it. Like a coffee stout. And I'm thinking, he's like, hey, it has caffeine in it. I'm like, not going to get a complaint from me. <laughs> this is Did it wake on. you up? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, just the laughter going on inside woke me up with the fact that he was giving me, you know, beer at 8.30 in the morning. And that, it was phenomenal. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think overall, the, the future is extremely, extremely bright. Not just in, I mean, if I was in a really big city or even in San Francisco again, like anywhere in California at this point. I would be more nervous on how do, how do you actually achieve success with the lot cost of living, right? I, I think there's so many other places to kind of look at and think of. And I think we're really seeing that now. And I'm, the future's bright with a the ease of access to technology. It's never been easier to start a, launch a business, do a startup, or even just validate an idea. And so as that's gotten this easy, like you said, we're just getting started for our region. But I would almost argue the entire world is just getting started with tech startups now that it's open to anyone that wants to do it. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. And with remote work, I think we're going to see the nature change of where, say for instance, I may want to go to France for a month and be like, hey team, I found a nice place to rent for six months and the entire team packs and goes to France for six months to work. 
that we come back to the US. I see stuff like that happening where it's more like where companies get more creative in perks. But yeah. Yeah. I, I think if you have investors, you better clear that with them first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, but, that is true. <laughs> but that flexibility is there for sure. We look forward to you joining us next time on Startup Pivot Scale. We'd also love to hear from you. Please consider leaving a review on your favorite podcasting platform. For episode transcriptions, past episodes, or to learn more about this podcast, connect with us at StartupPivotScale.com or at StartupPivotScale on social media. This podcast is brought to you by Founders Forge, a 501c3 nonprofit that is dedicated to the underdog entrepreneurs of the Appalachian Highlands and helping them on their startup journeys. We do this by holding high-impact events, building a vibrant startup community, and through one-on-one coaching for startups. Learn more at foundersforge.com.